0: In four weeks, the typical noon user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.
1: Hello there and welcome back to Four Times in a Podcast. You join us on the evening of the 9th of January and it is the winter break for Celtic so no match to review at this point unfortunately. So we decided to mix it up in a special episode. We asked for your questions over our social media platforms and delighted to say we got quite a few responses over Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. If you want to be involved with stuff like this in the future make sure you're following us. Just search for Four Times in a Podcast and Tonight it is just myself, I'm Darren, and I'm with Tony and Danny, so there's only three years. So tonight the listeners' questions, you'll be the fourth time, so you'll finally be a part of your favourite podcast. But I will just get into it, because there is quite a number of questions that have come in from quite a variety of different topics as well, so I'm sure we'll cover quite a lot of them. Right, first one, we maybe should have picked up on this last week, because I think it happened around about New Year, when Harry Huell left to become the Yokohama manager and a lot of people, I think, sort of expected Scott Brown to possibly get that first team coach role. Didn't happen, it was Adam Sadler that was brought in. who worked with Brendan Rodgers previously at Leicester. So we got a question from Kat on Twitter. Danny, I'll bring you in here. So just sort of in relation to Scott Brown, she had asked, will Rooney rejoin us in some capacity? She thinks it would be great to see him involved. So first of all, what's your thoughts on... Scott Brown ever returning to Celtic and what sort of capacity? Would you see that happening? And as I say, I think there was a lot of, I think it was more speculation in it and linking them with that first team coach role, but it wasn't it to be at this point. Can you see that happening in the future?
0: I, I think Scott Brown, he's got to go away and prove himself first. I, I not I think prematurely Fleetwood, and then they've since gone on and sacked Johnson, and I'm sure they'll sack Charlie Adam before the season's finished as well. So I don't think you can judge. Him. I was quite surprised they never got that job but it's good that they've let Rogers go pick, pick his man and he's worked with, Brendan's worked with that guy before so it's well for the, the future that someday the, the manager knows, someday the manager wanted um, which was the case when we add to our backroom staff so that was pleasant to but for Brown and I, I think back at some point. I, I'm quite surprised he's not been, I'm quite surprised they never at Queen's Park. Um, I was quite surprised that he never ended up I was another job in the championship that was up recently but he never went there. Um, so I'm quite surprised that he's no something on yet. But um, I'm sure he's been kinda of popping up in the media recently that obviously there was a lot of coming back to Celtic in that coaching capacity. Maybe, you know, he will someday moves out, but I think the time for Brendan was to go and get his own man and that proved it. And but for Brown
1: I think I ain't Brown will manage Celtic. I I don't really disagree Hearthley was surprised that he didn't get that job. I think that the fact that he's been out and obviously been manager at Fleetwood and had a bit of coaching experience at Aberdeen as well, I think yeah, I think he'll wait and he'll get a job. Maybe it will be up in Scotland. I think you're right about the Queen's Park job and I think he'll get linked to the Inverness job as well before that. But I, I think a Scottish job will probably come up for him at one point. I agree with you. I'm happy that Brendan got somebody that he wanted because it does sort of quell the sort of well, not the rumour, but the, what we've even stated as a trend of perhaps jobs for the boys and ex players, and that sort of fact that it's no somebody that's come in to replace Harry Hill, and um, that sort of help eh, sort of pleases me. I think that I'm a bit like you. I think Scott Brown probably will be Celtic manager in the future if he does continue going that sort of managerial journey. I don't even know if necessarily coming to Celtic as a first team coach would be sort of the right path to get there because I always think of somebody like John Kennedy who's obviously been at a club for a long long time and he's worked under so many managers and every time we have a vacancy everybody sort of wants to see him go and apply his trade for a while elsewhere and I, I don't think he would the fact that Brown was first team coach and then got it off the back of a few, like 18 months or whatever it was at Fleetwood I don't know if that would be the right way to go I still think people would be but hesitant and that so I think it will be the right thing for him to hopefully go and get his met, met experience and develop as a coach and a manager he's also a fantastic leader and captain for Celtic and I definitely I, I think he's 100% going to be back at Celtic in some capacity where, whether that is his manager or maybe welcome as a coach in the future I don't know but I, I'm, I'm pretty happy at this point that it was not him that was brought in I think it it, it would have just sort of sunk eh? Possibly Brendan not having a final say and when he brings somebody in for Leicester, that obviously eh, sort of dispels that because he's the one that's had the experience with him. But I thanks to Cat for that question. Tony, I'll bring you in. We've got eh, Macola on Twitter who says, do you think the fact that we haven't come flying out the traps with signings in January is a bad omen? As in, have the board and staff been sitting playing with themselves and not identifying targets, or is this an overreaction? Well, how do you see it? As we sit, as I said, 9th of January, as we recalled, no signings in. I think the only new real transfer news was Yusuke Adaguchi leaving on a permanent deal this morning.
2: Yeah, I think I think it's been a it's been a poor first nine days. I know there'll be people going on, shouldn't panic, and there's still loads of days left of the window, but this is kind of, it's kind of stuff we heard in the summer. No, I would say every Celtic fan probably knew probably thought for at least a year that we've needed a new goalkeeper. Why have we not signed one day one of the summer? And now again, why have we no signed one day one of January? And I know people have out with this shy and oh it's hard to get these deals over the line, it's a difficult window and you just kinda of be your of excuse every window. Just you say oh, it's difficult and you'll take me you're given and it might be a heap of shite. I think it's quite clear what we need. We need We need uh, probably another striker. We need a left-back. We need a keeper. Maybe we need another winger. But I just I don't understand. What have they been doing from August? They must have identified quite a lot of players. They must have a list. They must have... There must be a player out there the manager's identified and went, I want. And surely after beating Rangers and getting a bit of positivity and then beating St Mirren and, you know, we're, we're kind of, we looked as if we've well turned the corner. Surely the first day, I thought the first day of January we should announce the signing to show we're serious and we're going to back the manager and all he goes on and on about and he's right to do so. It's quality, we need quality, we require quality, which is spot on. So, I don't really understand. What's the excuse for nothing being done the first nine days? Is it going to be a case of working really hard in the background? Because that's nine days that somebody could be integrating at the club, could be speaking to fellow players if they're not training, could be getting words of advice for the manager, could already be starting to kind of get in we kind of Brendan's way of thinking. I just see it as a, a total waste. I, d- I don't really know what the recruitment team do or what they are doing. But I, th- I think people are justified to say that it's all good and well. We beat Rangers, beat St Mirren. We're currently eight cleared, although they get two in hand. To say it's, it's really not good enough that we're we've no no flying at the charts. I thought we should have. And I think if somebody's been a bit difficult over maybe an extra couple of hundred thousand, pay that money. Pay it. Pay them the extra few hundred thousand. You brag constantly, about the bank balance of 70 million. Pay the extra money, get the quality in, and then your bank balance is going to go up by another 50 million when you get to the Champions League, if you win the league. So this has been strange, but I think if you listen back to previous podcasts, I think we kind of predicted that we didn't think this would be a great window because we've got absolutely zero faith in the board slash recruitment team.
1: Aye, it was sort of a common question that came up we obviously had you on instagram asking similar we had mcvay 1979 and amc 67 saying what's keeping the signings and what are the board doing no signings and notice of anyone leaving i think it's all right i think it's you're right to be questioning it like they, they would probably hide behind the fact uh saying it's hard to identify quality but it's no like this is as if like we are not looking for them to start the search on the first of January. This search should be going on for months. Like it's clearly been evident if you look at the signings that have come in, apart from Lewis Palma, most of them have barely featured. And you've had the manager out complaining about a lack of quality. And Callum McGregor was out saying we need more quality as well. If you've got your manager and your captain out in public stating that the squad needs more quality, then I'm not saying we should have had seven signings ready going at the start of January, but we should. I think we should have a lot more on the go at the moment like that. game against Bucky is about 10-11 days away now by the time this comes out. And it, the fact of the matter is that we should have our signings ready to go. I think the players will probably be on a week off at the moment. I've seen a lot of them on their Instagram seem to be eh, enjoying a wee break, but next week they'll probably be back in the winter training camp and Like the new signings should be there to group them and be ready to go because it's going to be a hectic second half of the season and it's not even just for this season. We are looking at players that we want to bring in who not only do we want them to make an impact in the league, we want them to hit the ground running and have us challenging in the Champions League. And you're just going to face the same situation you had this season where you say, ah, you know what, these new signings were brought in. They've had five or six games in the Champions League. They'll, They'll benefit from that experience time we go to the Champions League next year, you might be missing a Matt O'Reilly or a Cameron Carter-Vickers or a a Bada. These are players that, the way your trading model is, you're likely going to lose a few big players. And every year you do that, you're sort of hamstringing yourself. And I think the main one is sort of the goalkeeper. Goalkeeper and left-back. See, maybe the two that a lot of the support seem to be hung up on that need addressed. And I think the keeper one hearts out of contract in the summer I'm pretty sure and I'd be very surprised if his contract was extended but the fact is you're, you're probably then going to be relying on a new keeper coming in and hitting the ground running and we tried that a few years ago when we brought in Barkas so we should be bringing the, his replacement in already and just, if, well, if you did the reports I think there was news today that a deal for Seagrass to go to a club in Austria fell through and you know our keeper's sort of like Scott Bain and harm to them but they're not going to be Celtic number one or they shouldn't be going forward but it's one that we really need to in my opinion address urgently and as I say like, these players are probably going to be back in training on Monday or Tuesday and they, sh- they really should have new signings ready to uh, meet them and as I say have us heading into the second half of the season a stronger and it's not just for like these project signings that perhaps we brought in in the summer, that like you hoped one or one or two are maybe going to be wee diamonds. Like it's players that you want to come in and three or four of them come in and you just say they're, they're starters. now, that's just the way it is. Like the better than what we've got. And as Tony said, like you know, we've got the money in the bank. If it does cost an extra million or two, then just pay it. Like you're uh, you're speculating to accumulate. Like next season's Champions League's the uh, like the most lucrative ever because of the expanded format and like the you have got have an extra home game in the Champions League that's another 60,000 sell they're guaranteed so we should be spending the money now but aye next up who will we go to we'll go to there's a few here I'll go for lefty Celtic man he's the first one I can see right but I know a few other people did ask Manny there's a lot of talk even Fabrizio Romano was tweeting about it last night saying that Rocco Vata looks like he's going to be heading to Italy what's your view in this Vata situation do you think it's a mistake on Celtic's part or were they sort of right to no, freeze him out but leave him in the B team after it sort of became apparent that he wasn't going to commit his future to Telty. What's your thoughts on the Vata situation? I think he's he obviously they're going to sell him in this window
0: or let him go in January. no, that shocked by it. I think that until before, we were young players where we don't really bring enough through and came on I think he made his debut the night me and Tony were at Easter Road, I think you, Darren, you were there as well with Andy. And he didn't, I mean it was full night when he came on, it was, he was kind of lucky, but it didn't really it really was amazing. I didn't think any other time I've seen him I didn't think he was good either, not great when I say he was bad, but I didn't think he was great. So he's not really made a difference, he been frozen out for a reason that he's probably thinking about leaving so they probably should have just sold him mm-hmm. instead of carrying it on into this window and potentially the summer. So. Shame because you always like to see Mary Reim come through but it looks like his future is going to be elsewhere.
1: Definitely and it does look like Celtic will be some sort of transfer fee. I think they'll have a development fee if they did go at the end of the season but with a talk looking to be ongoing it wouldn't surprise me if it does go after. I, I personally think it is just a case of him not committing his future to Celtic and then looking to develop players that will and again he's, he's obviously got something about him because if you've got that many teams looking at you and wanting to speak to you but who knows, I'm not overly angry at Celtic. Like, I think it's happened to us often enough in terms of even like a few years ago when Ben Doak made his debut and then weeks later I was signing for Liverpool. But aye, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that happens in the next few weeks. there's one on Instagram, i seen, I know you spoke with it a few weeks ago. It was Matt KCC, he says, how would you feel if we were taken over by someone like the City Group or the Saudis?
2: Probably quite a controversial one, but I would kind of welcome that. I mean... I'm just fucking fed up of the kind of status quo. I know people go, oh, we one of these titles, one of these cups, and it's been great, and I've loved it. But I think that's as far as, like, Dermot Desmond and Peter Lowell and this board can take us, and are probably willing to take us. I know there's a lot of issues with human rights, but they live in, well, we live in Britain, which is got quite a horrendous history with a lot of different issues worldwide and human rights and whatever so for me if the Saudis come in and want to take us to the next level I'd probably take it so I, I, I could have, I could probably align them there and says I don't but if you offered me the Saudis or them at Desmond then I sign me up for the Saudis I'd, I think it would be interesting I mean I think they would improve us and I think that's what we need it's just stale in terms of it's just the nepotism and he's Desmond's putting his boy in place, Lawel's got his boy in there. Don't get me wrong, I think Gavin Stanton's done a good job, but the fact that he really got that job based on he's the best available, or because his dad used to manage his who knows then the head of our youth department was a bit of shambles is two ex-players i mean look it doesn't need to be the saudis i I would just i would like a change of ownership whereby somebody comes in with a a totally fresh vision and changes it up so for me i would be happy to go a different route it doesn't need to just be the saudis i'm not a i'm not a saudi advocate however if the saudis want to offer me money to come inside then feel free
1: to get in touch there you go. I'll leave a email address in the link on the description, just in case any shakes are listening. Next up, we've got one on Twitter, a long time listener, one of the first people that ever contacted the podcast. Let us know what he thought. He's been there since the very beginning. He wants to know thoughts on our your setups. So I'll take this one. He says, in recent years, we've lost many a good young player and consistently failed to give the likes of both Dembele and now Rocco Vata, the game time and experience they need. Meanwhile, James Forrest is still starting games in the year 2023. But it's a tough one because, as I say, I've not got a problem with Rocco Vata being let go or no really being given a run in the first team if he's no wanting to commit his future. I don't think he's anywhere near the level of guys like Eisen or Abad putting uh probably know anywhere near Palma either. I know some would maybe argue that i have rather seen him than guys like Yang at times and, I know, Tullio's only had a few minutes as well, but I think you've got to remember the manager seeing these players, and you have We'd like to think he's in constant dialogue with the B team as well. That if if he was that exceptional, I think he would have been in at some point this season. Ben Doak, I, I've heard this a few times about Ben Doak. I don't know how much I agree with it because I think about he came on in that game that was pivotal in Ange's first season, where Leo Labada scored the last minute winner against Dundee United days before we beat the Angels 3-0 at Celtic Park and he played in both games so I think he was clearly in Ange's plans and it's another one that when he committed his future to Liverpool it just sort it of just fell away and I, I don't think Celtic can be blamed for that. Like, Liverpool's a massive club as well he obviously seen a better future for himself there and I, I don't think anybody really has to be blamed for that one but he was obviously somebody that was in Ange's plans, Dembele of looking back to the season that must never be spoken and i don't know he like it, played a few games for us and again i just thought i look at his career trajectory we went to france after that and now he's ended up at blackpool and in a few years he might say oh that was a massive slip up from celtic but sometimes these players just don't develop and you mentioned james forrest there still starting but that quite shows that he's players like celtic would be desperate i think to have players that were busting through from the youth team because if you look at that European sort of regulations you need these homegrown players and academy players and I was reading something from another Celtic podcast a few weeks ago I think it was the Cynic and I think there's going to be changes which might see that we we need more academy players in our European squad rather than association players so these players like if, if they were good enough I think they would be in about the squad and I think that when Brendan came out the other week and says that Mikey Johnston was the best player he'd ever produced I think Paradise 1 for sales might have dropped a wee bit after that but no it's, it's one of the ones that has been mentioned on here just previously but yeah everybody and every Celtic support like if the players were good enough they'd love to see a team that was just full of the academy players because you might see how these players do and you also see guys like Paul McGregor leading the team boys like Kieran Tierney as well who are massive fan favourites but it is something that possibly needs to develop, but it's probably a long, long process that's gonna take years and years to actually get results from. But Danny, I'll come at you for this one. It's Scott on Twitter asked do you think Celtic will stop signing players from the Asian market every window now? He says there's only been three successes and the rest have been utter shite. He says signing a player from the second division in South Korea is mental. So he's obviously talking about Kwan there. So I'll give you two questions. He's asked about that Market, Danny, do you think Celtic will use it? This transfer window windows going on. And somebody else asked, do you think if Stan Petrov put a kit on the Mori, he would get in the team ahead of Kwan?
0: Whether Petrov would get in the corner or is because Kwan can't get in the team, he can hardly get on the bench. So I and I, they will use the Asian market again. I think it's a market that used well. I mean, how many have been failures? You can't really say any of them because none of them have really left. Kobe the great never kicked on if they were probably at the door Maya's brilliant Hitachi's been brilliant Kyogo's been a revelation well they're obviously going to use it oh it's with the South Korean market he's pretty decent but I was thinking about if Yang was the young player of the year in South Korea last year at the start of the season and stuff We these are the players that we should be looking to sign that's the player we should be looking to sign if you were to say to me like oh you're going to sign a young player of the year for this country you'd be like well he's got to be decent now Yang's the junior du- obviously still out in Yangi. For every game he looks bright, there's two or three where he looks like a bit of a bust. But he's the right profile of the player that we should be signing. If you, you know, we're signing the best players, or supposedly the best performing players in these leagues, necessarily a bad thing. I mean, men are going to, you need to miss a few to get a few hits, but it's obviously a market they're going to keep using. I think they've been linked with two or three players for career already this, this window. So, am i they're going to keep using it. I don't think, it's a market, it's utilized i think another market that's underutilised for us is africa i think we should be sending scouts out there to try and find i know there's work permit issues and i know brexit isn't that any easier but there's a lot of these guys that hold french you know french dual national so we, we should be out in africa looking for players but aye, it's, a, it's a market that asia is definitely a market they're going to keep keep using and i don't think it's let us do so the benefits are
1: definitely outweighed the weaknesses and I think yeah, it's harsh saying there's only been three real successes If, if in terms of overall failures are probably right I don't think anybody's severely let us down and there's still players there that are looking to establish themselves and could have futures at Celtic remains to be seen. Tony da on Twitter just asked do you miss the days when Ange would have all of January business done in December so you obviously think of it the Hogman A when we announced the Japanese trio and even last year we had guys like yeah, Alistair Johnson announced well before the window even opened.
2: Yes, well, I, I remember the, the first season when I think Hattie made a uh, Iniguchi who's left today was kind of, were they announced like early December that they were going to be coming in? And It
0: was
2: uh, just, 31st of December, Tony. Is that when we announced them, the The rumours had been going on, I think, November that it was pretty kind of set in stone. I could be wrong, but I think we announced the three of them in one day. And the fact that two of them have made made such a monumental impact and became such massive assets has been great. But, so yes, I miss getting the the job done quickly. Even last season, Alistair Johnson, he was a Juranovic replacement while Juranovic was still there. And then O was a replacement for Giacomakis. A replacement for Giacomakis. And I, I think people are a bit conflicted now, but it was good to have the... The kind of replacement ready to go, and I think I think that was mostly Angie's doing. I think he was kind of controller, kind of most of that side of things at the football club So I, I wish the the transfer dealings were like that now. I don't think it's Brendan's fault that the, the transfer dealings are that s- slow. But I know he's he's built up the recruitment team. I I, I don't think Brendan Rodgers is a is a silly man. I, I think he's probably what to it's not as efficient as he probably thought it was, or he wants it to be, but. Aye, um, I, I much prefer the transfer windows under Ange. I thought were were pretty decent, to be fair. And I, I think the big man's doing well at Spurs anyway, and he's still sticking the boot into the press, So best of luck to him.
1: I, he's doing well. I, he shot shopping in different markets now. I've seen he announced Timo Werner about half an hour ago. So, we have out of his budget that he was on at Celtic. But, Daniel, come at you next. Bank Street Bar asked, who's been the best striker at Celtic since last? And he says, is it Dembele or Kyogo? So, do you think it's one of the two? Or do you think it's maybe somebody else that's not been mentioned?
0: No, it's definitely Kyogo in it. I mean, for two and a half seasons, he's popped up big moment after big moment after big moment. So, it would be Kyogo for me. Dembele played seasons for us in the Champions League and showed up well, scored goals, but he's always got the sense for Dembele that he was, he was his best work was going to come. Like the same as Edward. Um, ironically, both of them look like their best might actually have been, um, but Kyogo looks like he's got to be here, like Larson, in his prime, and he's prime, and it's for a lot, so I would give it to Kyogo. We a notable notable shout for um, Harry Hooper as well, because for three years he was brilliant for us.
1: It's one you could a put so though, and I think there's a lot of good shouts that you could throw in there for different reasons. But I think Kyogo, especially in 2023, people had say he hadn't scored against Rangers. He obviously scored seven in the calendar year and got a few goals in the Champions League as well. So I think it's probably pretty indisputable uh, as Kyogo now. And I think a big part of it, as you say, is the fact that he wants to begin his eight years to Celtic, and long may that continue. Tony, I'll come to you for the next one. Paul Craney on Facebook asks, do you think that former guest of the show Danny Craney will buy around in 2024 20- or ever?
2: <laughs> well obviously Danny Crane was played for Celtic and he also played with Ange, funnily enough, in Australia. And he helped us win the league in I think the the eighty one or eighty two season. I th- I think Danny's brought bought me a couple of drinks before in Lynch's. So my answer to that to Paul, his brother, would be I think I think yes, I think Danny has brought me around before. So he's he's getting let off the hook for me. Well,
1: there you go. That was actually a great episode. If you're struggling for Celtic content during this, have a wee scroll through our special guest episodes we obviously have quite a few ex-players on a lot of them were done early in the podcast so if you are relatively new to four times the podcast go and check on spotify or apple wherever you get your podcasts and listen to our special guest episodes because a lot of good talk in them and the danny craney one was a, a really good one i'll come back to this one it's eddie Byrne. he says did rogers paper over the cracks with the win over the huns it's a tough one because obviously two weeks before it the whole support seemed to be in a bit of meltdown i think I I don't think it's paper and over the cracks. I think They're getting the four wins, four wins at a four after the two defeats was obviously massive. I think it's not necessarily paper and over the cracks, but I would say it's got us back on track. Like you obviously like people were questioning Rogers, questioning the board, questioning the players, Like so I think the fact that they've responded in that manner. Like it wasn't just a one off, they obviously first forty five against Livy won't Live long in the memory, but after that, they've seemed to kick on, and it's it's been good performances, I would say. And right up until that a Mary's game, where they came flying out of traps from a 2 0 up within 10 minutes, it's it's really like I, I think it's been a strong response. And rather than paper over the like tax I would say there's still work needs done, but I think we're on the right track. And God forbid it doesn't happen, but if we were only to make a sign in this month, then don't think that we would foil pieces. and I don't think that would be a contention for the league either. and I think that the manager's I, I think he's a great manager and he has to earn the, earn the support back of some like it's obviously a tough job because a lot of people don't know what I'm back to be in me. so the fact we have had a bit of adversity over the last few months has not helped his case but it's up to him I think he is a top class manager and he, he will get more out of the team and getting guys like Bad and back back's going to help that massively as well as we do head into the Setting half of the season, so when you say it, paper's over the cracks. But I, I think it was a very much needed response. Danny, I'll bring you back in. Don't know if you'll have an answer. I should have prepared this one, but Paul Gray asked, what's your favourite Celtic merchandise that the, that the club's Twitter try and force us all to buy? I'm not going to have a go at the club's Twitter, but have you ever bought in from the Celtic shop or been gifted something that says, this is just terrible merch? I'll, I'll, I'll give you time I think by talking about mine. I remember when I was 16, 17, I was up at Celtic Park it was during the striking seasons and bought a new white top and it was i think it was the third kit it was a white one with the yellow and green it sort of lined on the left hand side there and i wanted to get a name on the back because i always did it at that age i know terrible but i went to the celtic superstore to get the name printed on it and they told me they had the a's or e's which wiped out about 99 percent of the squad so i left that day We wear a brand new third kit with snow 15 on the back yet so that's probably my worst bit of Celtic merchandise that and I don't know about you. Have you got anything I can rise on that?
0: <laughs> as soon as you started talking about easy and I knew you were going to see you got a dust, though. Though <laughs> so, there's been a few shockers through the years. Um, I get Lee Neyler on the back of his trip um, after one good season, and he fell off a cliff. So, you uh, over the years like I know it's kind of in a away for the question, but I've had Inguemo, Snow... Um, no Snow, I've noticed that bad. Inguemo, neither Pierce. I think they were the top three, but Celtic, said Um, Aye, I, I once bought, do you know, do you ever remember, a stupid, you put him in the bath, it was like, get Game Boy once, it was like in a rubber thing that you played and you could get ones that were in the shape of like a Game Boy Advance, well I get one that was like like that, but it was a Celtic cover. And it probably cost somebody like 40 quid to buy it and i think i used i used it once to wash my hair when i was a wee boy and then bin it so that was about
1: something i only used a few i think cause i heard Neil and Pearson there he must have just had a thing for left-fitted players but aye I, I think must know we'll take some beating tony i'll bring this one to you you used to be in a year wrestling Henrik's headband asked if there was a celtic podcaster's royal rumble who would win it good question
2: We'd have to be a Celtic state of mind. There's fucking loads of them. I'd go a Celtic
0: state of mind just because strength Who is putting me out who's lifting me? Ah, uh, good question.
2: <laughs> who's lifting me out as well. <laughs> to be fair, we would maybe bring me a shout, but I'm going for a Celtic state of mind just due to strength and numbers. And funnily enough, just to get back to the merchandise question says about the Celtic gin. <laughs> I seen my comment the other day, I've got a bottle out in the covers.
1: Yeah, that's right, actually I forgot to mention that the uh, person that asked the question did say his was the flavored gin, so you never know. In fifty years, it might be worth a fortune. But aye. Probably a bit of I probably you about to state I of stay mind. I think about it as well. You used did a Royal Rumbles with Fat Man, but they've got a, an absolute army of contributors and all very good as well. Even a few ones that have been uh, went down a different path. Like Pal Boyce, he's he'd probably in me a shout, and yeah, I don't know. I, look. You might know who won the Royal Rumble. We we focus on the World Cup of Celtic Podcast. That's still in our trophy cabinet. So good luck to everybody else. We'll, we, we'll defend our title at WrestleMania, Landy. Danny, good friend of the podcast, Connor, asked, Do you remember getting Celtic crisps and cola bottles from the club shop?
0: Aye. And I also, I seen that tweet for Connor. And I must, used to, you could get them for the game at the kiosk. You could get the, the it was like Celtic crisps. It was, <laughs> <laughs> Chris were like, green and white, you <laughs> pack it, but they were wrong. But I got a selection box one year, and it was all Celtic box, and it was just, it was about eight different shapes of chocolate bar, and it was that shite of chocolate, but uh, the Celtic badge, and I think one of them was even, like, you know, had the Celtic badge engraved didn't it, so I
1: remember them, a lot of shite. I'm sure if they could make me i with it, they'd be back in the kiosk, but I'm spending quite enough at the... Hecky still in the game. The prices are just a bit mental at the moment. I I think they still sell the Colables and some other suities in the shops, but don't know. I think the Chris are long, long forgotten. Who, who else have we got? I know we're ranting on a bit. I'm trying to get through as many as I can. I'll take this one. David S asked, what is your top Celtic 5-a-side team? So, a tough one. i seen this earlier and I was having a hunk about it. I think it's tough to be what and can go for me because not only is a top-class shot-stopper, he's just a bit mental and he'll probably go and. A run, noon again, and came out of goals. And like you've seen, his penalty against Dundee United in the League Cup semi final. So he'd fancy it. How will I bring in? I think an obvious one to go first. Bobo Baldi for the defence. But on that sort of pitch, don't know how well he's going to do. But I'll go with Bobo. Dan Petrov, my all time favourite Celtic player. He was, I know somebody asked who got you into Celtic. What was your, fa- like your favourite first player? I means was Petrov, so he's definitely in there. McGee day probably in there as well, and finisher's got to be laughing as well. So man, it's a tough one. I think that'd be pretty tough to beat. But I know Danny's just wanting to pipe in there. Who who would you your ultimate Celtic five aside team be, Danny? I
0: thought that was a great question. So kind of interested to hear who Tony would go for as well. But mines would be uh, quite tricky. But mines would be Boric Then I would have Brimpong because he was quick, and then I would have Nakamura, Callum McGregor, and Larson
1: front. you got a five-a-side team ready to take on these two?
2: Uh, I'd need to go for Big Arthur. Loved them, just brilliant. Probably have Danny McGreen in there, John Clark, Davy Hay, and uh, up front, Brian McLaren.
1: I respect that, absolutely, the ulterior motives set as well, it's just top-class players, but I that would be quite a five to them, I know we've uh, used a few of the same players but I'm sure we could simulate it somehow and see, who, see who's would win. As another one you could probably spend an hour talking about it or let us know who you would pick for your five-a-side team. I know we are sort of ranting on now I'm just trying to make sure I've not missed any of these questions. Cam Sankara who has asked, do you think we should consider investing a bit of the main coffers into the women's team to build on the momentum of last season? The women's game is growing and growing. So it could be something that pays back if we establish ourselves properly ahead of the other two. So in you come, Joey Barton. <laughs> I, no,
2: I need to really watch. I don't
1: get cancelled. Yes, I would invest loads of money into the women's team and uh, hopefully we get the money back on it. That's fair. That is uh, that is one. Uh, uh, but then I see, oh, you may have a point because some people are saying that Fran Alonso left because he wasn't getting backed. So who knows? That, it is an avenue that probably will look down. They obviously had a few games at Celtic Park last season as well. It is one that they would become look at of. He's right. It is absolutely a, a growing market. I think, I think even the Women's Premier League down south is paying more than Scottish Premiership in terms of TV money and prize money. So that probably says more about our league than the women's game. But I good luck to them and hope it does go well. Danny, we've got Piero, the boy. This one's for you. He's asking, is the Fisherman's jumper still doing the rounds? What's its what's fate?
0: It's fair actually I at mean, minute because I can't find it. I was looking for it, funny enough at this time of year I was looking at the back end of last year for a Christmas night out and I couldn't find it. So uh, it could actually be at the bottom of the ocean for a while. I know.
1: Another big fan of the show, a uh, bit support of Dubai CSE. i E I'll take this one because another one we might get sued for if we answer it now, right, yeah. It says, lads, can you give us a bit of an insight into how the club treat you? D and post resharing of tweet well. As he, I might be able to put this in the episode description and everybody will listen and it'll take them 45 minutes to get to it. So I, I'll i cover it because I know it has been sort of... People were speaking about it on Twitter. I've seen a friend in the Huddle about it. It's been mentioned a few times on here. We didn't have a, a relationship as such with the club. We were one of the list of the fan media outlets, eh, if I want a better word, that eh, got access to some press conferences and some fan media events i don't think having to say that our our views changed because of it we've never really censored ourselves the access was revoked because of unacceptable social media eh, or whatever and as dubai hoopsis says it was to do with a a tweet that get retweeted on our account now we're a multi-user account we've obviously got us four and then we've had a few bodies involved with YouTube and stuff, so a lot of people have access to it. We've uh, maybe need to tighten on that in the future because it is it isn't a page that's like it's not just reflective of the podcast as a whole. It doesn't speak for all areas. Aye, I wouldn't say relationships changed. Like we we will need we're no gutted that we're no there, but aye, I wouldn't say it's changed just to answer that, but. Tony, if you want to come in, because I think you're probably mostly to blame for it getting made public knowledge for a few tweets.
2: Oh, no, I think it was, it was I, I don't know, I, I don't know if it was the reason, but the reason we were told we were banned is because they retweeted something. That, I, I can't even mind the exact tweet, it was, I think it was after Rangers, Ruby Aberdeen, it was more a case of, right, let's kick on and sack Peter Lowell and his bastard son. Again, that's obviously not a very nice thing to retweet and whatever else. And look, does it does not bother me if we get banned? I think when you look at it, I think the idea in itself was Dominic Mackay's idea. They get rid of him quickly. The second they sacked him, they were on the phone to so-called fan media to throw him under the bus. When it came out of the ticket allocations, they phone you up to get their side of the story when they've already gave the side of the story to The Sun or somebody like that. So I think it was a tick. Exercise of witness to these kind of press conferences, and as I've said before, you kind of treat to a bit with like children. They don't introduce yourself and in one question, don't say your name. You're like, and it's they're always late, and the timings are always wrong, it's always last minute. It's kind of they're kind of asking you to fuck off who actually saying it. So, I don't event against that. I mean, the, the media team probably have a lot bigger issues to deal with opposed to dealing with that podcast. So, I think. The, the the thing that bothered me was why is somebody monitoring my stupid podcast, social media, why is Celtic paying somebody to look at our social media accounts? I mean, we're just for normal fans. So Dubai Hoops actually I think they're they, I think they had Brian McClare over with Shea Doolan I think they're getting Shea over again So best of luck to them in January So I hope that all goes well But just to go back to the, the fan media thing, as I was saying it As a tick box exercise When they first kind of introduced it The promise woods You would get to speak to the manager twice a year uh, Kind of only for fan media I think the CEO You were meant to speak to him But as I say Dominic Mackay was binned And then thrown under the bus As soon as humanly possible uh, shout out Dominic McCarthy if ever wants to come to the podcast, he's more than welcome. So uh, as I say, it's it's all very last minute. It's all very. They, to be fair to them, somebody asked me before. Did they did they kind of tell you what not to say or what not to ask? And they don't. You do have the freedom to ask whatever questions you want. And don't get me wrong, I did enjoy. I enjoyed speaking to Coglu I did. I got a bit of a buzz out of that, and I met him a few times. And as I say before, I got him to sign a shirt to me, and. Even at time Dan set me up and asked him to postpone a game that <laughs> we couldn't actually postpone. So things like that I enjoyed and I, I was actually I met him just after we beat the for now and he was buzzing and I was half sozzled. So it was, it was good. But as, as I said before, should somebody like me really be on a press conference? Probably no. I'm not really I'm not a journalist. I'm no media trained. I thought I do, I do think that f- fan media do ask some really good questions at times as opposed to the normal people who goes to these things and just go, do you think this is going to be a tough game? I mean, I'd love a manager to turn around and go, no, they're shite, but that's not going to happen, you know. It's kind of the media in this country are pretty, pretty poor standards, so I think it's good that there's still some fan media that will be able to attend, and if things do go, kind of... Pete Tom, they can ask difficult questions, but we actually get invited yesterday to, to a women's press conference. We get invited previously before after the ban, and then we had it confirmed that it was a communication o- uh, error. So I don't know if this is another communication error from the Celtic communication team. So, I um, look for me, no issues with whatsoever. Aye, and best of luck to the the buy Hi,
1: Aye, thanks for the question. Aye, and as Tony said, we are still getting emails. So. If anybody from Celtic is listening, then aye, that's a heads up, we're still on your mailing list. Who knows, maybe your, uh, your new January signing will be the fourth terms back, but uh, I don't know. If I and it's probably for the best that we'll know in, because with this Asian Cup, we've got quite a few players away, so I might have sent Corey a wee link saying that we could ask for the games after the winter break to get postponed until they get back. But aye, I don't know if you would get the same laugh out of Brendan. I, I think that's pretty much all the questions, unless I've missed any. As I say, we've, we always try and get to uh, your comments and questions, but I know sometimes we don't always manage to fit it into the episode, but that's why we've done this one, just to sort of uh, answer what user want to know. I hope we've covered everything. If we've missed any leave us questions, as I say, we've got have more times we will do this in the future, and. I think we'll be doing another special during this winter break, possibly just doing a wee half season review and evaluating what's happened in the transfer window. And obviously that's not the really new because we've done absolutely nothing. But aye, I appreciate everybody that's sent in their questions. We do we try and get to as many as we can. If I have missed yours, then I do apologize. But from myself, Tony and Danny, I thanks for your questions. We will be back at some point next week, as I say with that wee half season review. I, if you want to get involved in the future, as I said at the start of the episode, just search for four times on our podcast. You'll find our Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. But unless Danny or Tony have got anything to add, I'll wrap up here. But Once again, thanks everybody for getting involved and we will speak to you in the near future. Hail, hail.